the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh, boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues, here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. As Lee said, this is an hour of power where I'm working to get your noodle working, your, your noggin. You know, ladies and gentlemen, our body deteriorates. I think it was Paul who said my outer body is uh, deteriorating, uh, but my inner spirit's renewed. Uh, And that outer body is deteriorating. But the cool thing to know is this. We have one organ in our body that never has to deteriorate, and that is our brain. Our brain has unlimited plasticity. But again, there's this word called atrophy. In other words, if you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't work that muscle, that muscle mass deteriorates. And so today we are broadcasting live from Sturgis, South Dakota, from the 82nd Annual Motorcycle Rally. And today I I, want to seek some understanding. You know, when we know how something is made, think about this. If you know how something is made, once we understand that, then we can understand how it works. And once we understand how it works we can be more efficient, right? We can become, that word I like is optimal. You know, a friend of mine, Dave, likes to talk about, he likes to have optimal. You know, he's not pushy or he's not this. He's working to be optimized, uh, to have the best foot forward, the best outcome, the best opportunity. As a matter of fact, to optimize something is to make the best or most effective use of a situation, an opportunity, or a resource. And so today I want to go deep by understanding the importance of seek first, right? Isn't that an incredible phrase, to seek first? Uh, and the Bible says in Matthew six thirty three, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And you know, that verse is powerful because there's two things. First of all, all what things, right? I mean, here's a verse, and all these things, what things? But it starts off with a big but. If you understand how the brain works, the unconscious brain, conjunctions are things that attach two things together. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and letters and phrases, right? That's a conjunction. But you know that your unconscious mind responds differently to different conjunctions. Like and. See, and connects two things. And so what and does, though, gives equal weight to both things. I told you I love you, and something has changed, and I no longer feel that spark. See, you gave same credence to what I said before the and and what I said after the and. However, the word but has a totally different effect on the unconscious mind and thus the the conscious mind. 
See, the word but negates everything that comes before it. And so as you recall, recollect, uh, remember, uh, what you're going to remember most, recall most, recollect most, what's going to stick out, what's going to be the, uh, it's going to be in bold, it's going to be twice the font size, is what comes after the big but. I told you I love you, but. I told you I'd never cheat on you, but. I told you uh, you would be the only one for me, but. I told you I was going to give you a job, but. You see, you know, you know what you're all waiting for? You're all waiting for what comes after the big but. And that's really what you're going to remember, is what comes after the big but. So again, Matthew 6.33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Now think about that. So what was he talking about before the big but? Before the big but is the Sermon on the Mount. It's all there. Matthew 5 through 7, Sermon on the Mount, the, mo the most famous sermon ever given by the most incredible evangelist ever. <laughs> and what he was doing before the big but was talk about all roles. Uh, that's what we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Right? That's, that. That's right before that. And then he's going on and talking about do not worry about this. Do not worry about your clothes. Do not worry about your food. Do not worry about... He's talking about all this. He's telling us how to live a life. And then at the very end he says, but... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, it's about living an optimal life, being the best of the best. And that's what optimal means, best or most favorable. See, we want to optimize our experience. We want to optimize our opportunities. We want to optimize everything that we've been presented with, pain, trauma, drama, skills, gifts, talents. And to optimize something is to make the best or most effective use of a situation, opportunity, or resource and how about this in the computing world you know what it says to rearrange or rewrite data software etc to improve efficiency of retrieval or processing and that's what i do with nlp that's what we do with reframing that's what we do with all this stuff i'm teaching you how you work see the good lord created us with the eyes in the front of our face why because we move in the direction of our focus and we focus in the direction of our movement so what we seek, we move toward. And one thing I learned about the RAS, it's this stem in the back of your brain, the unconscious brain, is the RAS does not respond to negative programming. So when you focus on what you don't want, just erase the don't. If you were to back up a truck and you did not want to hit something, you must keep that thing that you don't want to hit in your field of vision at all times. And that's how the RAS works. It gets rid of the don't. If you don't want to be like your dad, you must constantly focus on being like your dad because you, you're working to miss that, not hit that. And so by not wanting to hit it, you focus on it all the time. But here again, the good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face. So we move in the direction of our focus, and we focus in the direction of our movement. And so today we want to talk about what are you seeking first? What are you seeking first? Uh, and I want to share with you uh, an incredible story. Uh, about two men, about two people, I should say, who knew what they were seeking. See, a little boy wanted to meet God. That's what he was seeking. He knew it was a long trip to where God lived, so, so he packed his suitcase with some, some resources, right? He's going to need some food. He's going to need some drink. He's going on a long trip. So he loaded his suitcase with Twinkies. Oh, man, who doesn't love a good Twinkie, right? And a six-pack of root beer. Wow, I've never had them together. I love root beer. Unfortunately, I like Twinkies, too. 
Uh, but so he loaded up some Twinkies and some root beer, and he started his journey because he was seeking God. When he had gone about three blocks, he's a little kid, right? <laughs> he met an elderly man in a park. And he noticed that man. The man was just sitting in a park, just feeding some pigeons. And for some reason, that boy was called to sit next to that old man. He just felt he was supposed to. So the boy sat down next to him and opened his suitcase. He was about to take a drink from his root beer when he noticed that the man looked hungry. So he offered him a Twinkie. The man gratefully accepted it and smiled at the boy. Man, his smile was so pleasant that the boy wanted to see it again. So now he offered him a root beer. Again, the man smiled at him. And the boy was so delighted. They sat there all afternoon eating and smiling, but they never said a word. And as it grew dark, the, the boy realized how tired he was, and he, he got up to leave. But before he had gone more than a few steps, he turned around, ran back to the man, and gave him a big hug. The man gave him his biggest smile ever. And when the boy opened the door to his own house a short time later, his mother was concerned. The mother was surprised by the look of joy on his face. And so the mother asked the little boy, what did you do today that, that makes you so happy you're beaming? And the little boy replied, I had lunch with God. But before his mother could respond, he said, you know what, Mom? God's got the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. Meanwhile, the elderly man, also radiant with joy, returned to his home. His son, who he lived with, was stunned by the look of peace. His dad left really agitated and came back hours later and he had this look of peace on his face. And so the boy asked him, Dad, what did you do today that made you so peaceful, so happy? And the old man replied, I ate Twinkies in the park with God. However, before his son responded, he added, you know, he's much younger than I expected. Ladies and gentlemen, seek first. See, you move in the direction of your focus, and you focus in the direction of your movement. And today, live from Sturgis, South Dakota, I wanted to ask the question, what are you seeking first? I'm Black. We'll be right back. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. 
as a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump. Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And on the Jenna Ellis podcast, she tackles the big cultural and legal issues facing America. Don't miss a single episode of the Jenna Ellis Show. Follow today at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Hi, I'm Anthony Commerce with Commerce Water. Let us build you a long-lasting, high-efficiency water softener. If you contact us now, you'll get $400 off our new wet technology water softener. Do it right the first time. Contact Commerce.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and I am back in Sturgis, South Dakota. This is, I can't remember if it's my seventh or eighth year, but I am Sturgis. Uh, I come here every year with an organization called FreeBikeWash.org, FreeBikeWash.org. Michael and Paula Bushilla, who are graduates of mine. As a matter of fact, many graduates out here in Sturgis. Uh, And what we go is we go here to serve, but... You know, I always have people ask me all the time, why Sturgis? You know, I have, I have the same uh, God-issued skin that I had when I came out of the womb. Same pasty white skin. There's no ink on it. It's the same thing. It's the original skin outside of a few blemishes and marks. Uh, so I've never ridden a motorcycle. And so people say, what, what are you doing? Do you, you don't ride motorcycles? And we don't even go out to the bars or anything. We don't do anything. We stay at the church. We, we function everything here. And so Why? Well, because I want to live an optimal life. See, I want to optimize. I, I want to stand before God someday and, and answer the question, you know, wh- what did you do with your life? And I want to feel good about the recap of my life, that uh, I sought first the kingdom of God, that I sought first to, to please God. And, it, you know, there's three M's to living life like it matters. We've talked about it before. You've got to have a method. You gotta have a meaning and you gotta have a mantra. The method is the how. The meaning is the why. And the mantra is the programming. Because what we believe is what we listen to over and over and over and over. That's why God, in the greatest sermon ever written, ever preached the Sermon on the Mount. At the very end of it, uh, right in the middle, the meat the meat and taters part, the middle. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, I don't remember who said it. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I said. He says, focus on earth uh, and you're going to miss heaven. But focus on heaven and you'll get heaven and earth. Uh, And those people have done the most 
uh, on this planet, the biggest impact are those that are seeking you first, the kingdom of God, those that are living beyond themselves, those that are living for a greater purpose than themselves. And so I like to teach people how to live their lives like it matters, to get, create the best possible outcome, to be under construction, be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And what we got to realize is there are patterns in our life. And the reason that we get what we get is because of what we're doing. It's the patterns. And there's a lot of patterns in our life we're not aware of. And so because we are such unconscious creatures that we run on autopilot, right? We, we drive home after work, a, a, a drive that we've done thousands of times, but we do it without consciously remembering it. Our body is in that car doing everything it's supposed to, but our mind is a thousand miles away. It's a self-induced trance. And that's how most people are going through life, in a self-induced trance. They're checking the boxes. They're showing up. They're living in a yesterday that's been gone forever. They're living a tomorrow that has no guarantee. But they're never in this space called the now. And that's where life's changed, in the now. That's the only place you can really live, is in the now. Oh, you can think about what you should have done in the past. You can think about what you're going to do in the future. But you can't do anything anywhere except in the now. And guess what? Most people never live in the now because they're distracted. Because we have thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day, and thinking is nothing more than talking to yourself. Because we experience about 34 gigabytes of data every single day. That we have a, an exabyte or a thousand exabytes of, of data that processes through our eyes, through our ears, through our experience. And so you've got to get in the driver's seat. We can function in autopilot. And see, that's what these patterns are. There's a lot of patterns in our life we're not even aware of. We're just on autopilot. We're going through the motions. And see, a pattern that's run regularly becomes a habit. And what a habit is, is a habit is something you start doing consciously. But after a while, you continue doing it, but now it's unconscious. See, now you put the neural pathway in the unconscious brain. Now you've created the habit. See, there's a basal ganglia in the unconscious brain. The basal ganglia, it's a set of neurons, a whole set of cells. And its entire purpose is to get you into a habit. Its entire purpose is to get you on a, a pattern so that you can take your conscious mind and focus on the daily, daily task of survival, of living. But the problem is we're not creatures. Dogs survive. Animals survive. They live to, to eat that day and have safety to reproduce and you're not an animal you're far greater than that you're far more than an animal remember mine's a three-part being we have a body that's a machine it's carbon-based yeah just like animals do and we have a brain a consciousness just like animals do but there's a third piece to a man that animals don't have and that's our spirit and so I teach you how the machine works because it's important, because it makes you feel, it makes you decide how long you live, how effective or how optimal your performance is. So you got to know that. You got to keep the engine running in good repair. And then you got to know how the mind works, because the mind runs the machine. And the battle is in the mind. Romans 12, 2, to not conform to the thinking of this world, to transform your thinking. 
to be different. We're called to be different. We're called to think different. We're called to act different. We're called to be different. Why? So that other people will see there's something special and then want what you have. And so you got to realize when we hear this word habit, we think it's a bad thing. But it's not a bad thing. Now, most habits, because they're on autopilot and people aren't aware of them, are bad. Smoking, drinking. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with smoking. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. Please, it's your choice. But let's be honest. Do they allow you to function optimally? The Bible says if you're a Christian, technically nothing's illegal for you. You have grace. You have mercy. You've been forgiven. However, it does say not everything's profitable to you. And God does have a desired will for us. Remember, he desires that none shall perish. However, he gives us free will, so he gives us a permissive will, which is less than what he wants for us. It's good enough. It's G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. Good enough to get by. Good enough for government work. Good enough that at least you hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. But I don't know about you, but I don't want good enough. I want to please my God. I want to make my God happy. I know I'm just going to throw my crown with my jewels at the feet of Jesus on the sea of glass, but man, I want a pretty crown. I want a lot of jewels in there so I can see, God, you did all this. Thank you for allowing me to be a conduit. And so I want you to focus on these habits because it is the habits in our life, the patterns in our life that get us what we get. And so there's a great book years ago uh, called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Dr. Covey wrote a great book. Uh, one of probably best uh, books on, on leadership is a neat pattern. It's more technically management, but you call it leadership. More of management, but it's good stuff. And I want to remind you of what those are. And I want to then focus on one of those habits specifically uh, for this show. If you don't remember what the seven habits are, I highly recommend the book. It's a good book. Habit one, it says be proactive. Focus and act on what you can control and influence instead of what you can't. Remember, we talked about circle of influence and circle concern. And where our focus should be is on those things that uh, bother us and those things that we can affect change. To, uh, to focus on things that you cannot change and yet you don't like is crazy. See, I believe when it says be proactive, there's a saying I have. Remember, we talked about the mantra. You've got to have a good mantra. When all else fails, do something. I learned that a long time ago. Because when you change your position, you change your perspective. So when all else fails, I want to do something because it changes the environment, changes my location, it changes everything. It changes the dynamic. So things look different. They sound different. They feel different. So you got to take action. Life is meant to be lived. There are no bleachers, no stands in life, and yet so many people are sitting on the sidelines. That's not where you're called to be. You're better than that. Habit two, begin with the end in mind. Right? We're supposed to define clear measures of success and then create a plan to achieve them. In other words, begin with the end in mind is this. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like when you accomplish it? See, you might not like what I say. You might not like the way I say it. Maybe you don't even agree with what I'm saying. But can I suggest that there's something you cannot deny? And that is that I'm real. And I'm not just telling you that as an opinion. I'm telling you that as fact. And I'll prove my point. If you and I were in the same space, you could see me. If you and I were the same space, you could reach out and you could touch me. If you and I were in the same space, you could hear me clearly. And if you and I are in the same space, depending on what kind of day I had, how sweaty I was, how, when I showered last time, you could smell me. Right? <clears throat> 
And if I just got a shower, put on a little bit of coconut oil on my skin. If you lick my arm, it tastes salty and a little coconutty. You see, those are things that we call real. Things that we can see, things that we can hear, things that we can feel, things that we can touch, things that we can smell, things that we can taste. Remember the five senses. They are the five portals of entry into our experience. And so every single memory we have is stored in that. And remember, 40% of all first-time memories are made up. The Irish Journal taught us that. 40% of all memories are made up. Why? Because your right side of your brain is where you create. You have dreams, you watch movies, uh, you fantasize, uh, you do all kinds of stuff. And then those things, you, you begin with the end of mind, you mentally rehearse, you creatively visualize. And once you've done that, then that's called a memory. A memory is an experience that you've had in the past. Why does that matter to you? Because the right side of your brain is where you create. But it's the left side of your brain where you store. And so every single memory you have is stored in the five senses. What did it look like? What did it sound like? What did it feel like? And if possible, what does it smell like and taste like? Habit three, put first things first. Prioritize, achieve your most important goals instead of constantly reacting to urgencies, right? We have the battle between important and urgent. And remember, Dr. Covey talked about it, talked about the four quadrants. Uh, Covey called this habit, by the way, the habit of personal management. And there's the question. And that's why we're talking about seeking first. What, how are you personally managing your life, your focus, your gifts, your talents, your trauma, your drama? And so today on Like It Matters Ready, we're talking about what are you seeking first? And we are live from Sturgis, South Dakota. Uh, so join us after three minutes of commercial break. We'll be right back. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to, to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before and it's there's nothing like it there's 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 no way to explain it with words you have to experience it leadership awakening change your heart change your mind change your life go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next leadership awakening it's not only changing lives it's saving lives that's likeitmatters.net slash schedule We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business, and just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely, we're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. 
Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters in Sturgis, South Dakota, the 82nd Annual Motorcycle Rally. And today, I'm asking the question, what are you seeking first? And it's the natural progression to go into that great book that by Dr. Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. A habit is something that we do over and over that goes to the unconscious level. I remember years ago, it shows you how old I am, I went to Promise Keepers. And I remember one of the guys at Promise Keepers said, you know, Black, one of the best things I've ever done for my spiritual walk is I put my shoes under my bed. And I'm thinking, what does that have to do with your walk with God? And the guy goes, that's easy. Every night before I went to bed, I had to get on my knees to put my shoes under my bed. And every morning when I got up, I had to get on my knees to pull my shoes out from under my bed. And it just at that moment reminded me, wow, what, you got to have patterns. Because we're going to do something. Most people roll out of bed. They don't even know what goes on. What are the first three or four steps that you take every day? And most of it you're not even aware of. And the first thing that happens in your mind. The battles in the mind. When you become semi-conscious. When you realize you're awake. Think about what goes on in your head. Dull. Is it dull? Is it, is it dire? Is it bad? Is you're not looking for the day? You think about all the bad stuff that happens. See, there's a pattern there. You don't even aware of it. And you need to put a habit in place so that when you wake up, you're focused on good things. When you wake up, you see that energy in you. When you wake up, you know that you're going to have a great day. When you wake up, here I am, General Jesus, Private Black reporting for duty, sir. And so you got to put some habits in place because habits happen automatically. But you can also get out of the pasture seat and get in the driver's seat. And create some good ones for yourself. And that's what the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is. Dr. Covey said, let me give you some good habits. And I I covered them in the last, the first three. Number one, be proactive. When all else fails, do something. Number two, begin with the end in mind. What does it look like when it's all said and done? Make it real. Would you give your life for a lie? Uh, If someone says they love you, but you don't don't think they love you, are you really love? And the answer has to be no, because you'll act as if you're not. And nobody responds to reality, right? You know this. We respond to our map of reality. And so begin with the end of mind. Make it real. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? And impossible, what does it smell like? What does it taste like? Habit three, put first things first. Prioritize. Putting first things first is an exercise of independent will toward becoming principle-centered. Matter of fact, this is from Stephen Covey, uh, franklincovey.com. It says, um, habit three is the practical fulfillment of habits one and two. Habit one says you are the creator. You are in charge. Habit two is the first mental creation. Because remember, 
We've got to begin with the end in mind. It's based on imagination, the ability to envision what you can become. Habit three is the second creation. See, whether you realize this or not, we always do everything twice. This is where you don't realize what's going on. We're unconscious creatures. Our mind is six times faster we can talk. We're easily distracted. We have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. We have 34 gigabytes of information that go through our uh, mind every day. So we're distracted. Matter of fact, the devil is called the shiny one. Look at his original, the wording. The shiny one. Shiny objects distract squirrel, ESPN, pretty girl, business opportunity. We get all distracted. And see, this is what habit three is about. We first create things in our mind's eye, and then we create them secondly in a physical creation. This happens where habits one and two come together. It happens day in and day out, moment by moment. It deals with many of the questions addressed around time management. But habit three is about life management, not just time management. It's about your purpose, your values, your roles, your priorities. What are the first things? First things are those things you find of most worth. Right? That's the, the quadrants, the four quadrants. This is where Covey did such a great job on this. Right? Quadrant one is urgent. Uh, quadrant one is about necessity. Quadrant two is about not urgent. It's about effectiveness because it's about important. So you got urgent and not urgent, and you got important and not important. And uh, um, um, quadrant one is about important and urgent. But quadrant two is about important and not urgent. Proactive work, important goals, creative thinking, planning, prevention, relationship building, learning, renewal, recreation. Quadrant three is not important. It's a distraction. It's urgent, but not important. Those are what the devil throws at. Those are what the enemy throws at. Those are the time parasites. Those are the, the vampires that suck the energy out of us. Needless interruptions, unnecessary reports, irrelevant meetings, other people's minor issues, trauma, drama, gossip, unimportant email, Facebook in the middle of the day while you're at work. That's stealing from your company, just so you know. Phone calls that shouldn't be made or aren't important, personal status, all that. And quadrant four is about not important and not urgent. This is absolute waste. Trivial work, avoidance activities, excessive relaxation, television, gaming, internet, time wasters, gossip. Habit four is think win-win. Collaborate more effectively. Building high trust relationships. Communication is an interactive process, ladies and gentlemen. The more you understand how another person is thinking and feeling, you can both get what you want from the interaction and so many people function on a win-lose they don't know how both people can win there's a a, a game i used to play called the uh, the red black game and a red vote is a pure negative vote a red vote is to uh, impede other people see a black vote allows you to get whatever you want and allows everybody else to get what they want but a red vote is basically you keeping someone else from getting what they want. A red vote is that person when you're driving in a lane and you want to go the speed limit or a little faster, but the person right in front of you won't move faster and they're actually purposely slowing down. And then you go to pass them, and as you go to pass them, they speed up. See, they didn't want to go any faster. They didn't want you to go any faster. See, that's a red vote. And boy, there's a lot of people today in America voting red. They're doing things to hinder other people. I'm going to come back to habit five because that's where I want to focus on the rest of the thing. But habit six is synergize. Develop innovative solution. Synergy means two heads are better than one. Synergize is the habit of creative cooperation. See, we are doing great things here in Sturgis. Can I tell you? Because we have unity. There's a synergy. 
We have a leader who allows, who knows where we're going. We have God as our commander. And we have an outcome specific. And why we do such great things, why we bring so many people to Christ, why so many people come out here every year like I do over and over and over is because of that synergizing, because of the unity. And habit seven is sharpen the saw. Increase motivation, energy, work-life balance by making time for renewing activities. When I come out to Sturges, it renews me. It reminds me. It refocuses me. See, it's about being under construction. Worker to be better today than we were yesterday, better tomorrow than today. It's that constant and never-ending improvement. That's what Dr. Edward Demings in corporate America, you know, it is Six Sigma, Lean Sigma. In the training world, you know, it is Like It Matters, Leadership Awakening. So habit five is seek first to understand and then be understood. See, we influence others by developing a deep understanding of their needs and perspective. That's the key. And sometimes we got to get out of our own belief system, our own map of reality. See, I'm out here with people that I've never interacted with normally. And I'm not talking about people I go on the ministry trip with, the people I wash their bikes. And that's why I do it. Because I learned a long time ago, when you change your position, you change your perspective. And I want to remind you that there's only three ways to see any situation. They're, they're called the perceptual positions. First position, self. Second position, other. And third position, overview. Keep it simple, soldier. There's not a thousand ways to see something. There's only three. Self is default. That's what we automatically were born into this skin, right? And self, when you get stuck in self, I'm right, you're wrong. It's all about ego. You can only see things from your perspective. You only understand your experience. You only understand your way. And that is so limited because you're rare. There's only one you. There's only one you that has your trauma, your drama, your gifts, your talents, your fingerprints, your DNA. And so there's a big world out there that's not you. And so if it's just all about you and that's your only focus, guess what? You're missing. You can't optimize because you're working with limited data. That's where you got to step outside that first position and go into second position, which is other. And others, the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins, to have empathy. And that's why a good counselor has to have. you got to be able to walk in another person's shoes, another person's pain. And here's the problem. If you haven't processed your own pain, then you can't step into other people's pain because it'll take you down. And so sometimes we got to get out of our own map of reality and meet other people in their map of reality. That's why I come to Sturgis. So I can get out of my limited map of reality and step into some other people's map of reality. So it gives me understanding. Because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense when a position have a better relationship. Which brings us to the third position, which is overview. A lot of people do this in retrospect. After a situation, they kind of play it back like they're watching a videotape. Just to, most people do it just to justify how right they were and how wrong the other person was. That's not the reason for it, but that's how people do it. Overview, in other words, is what does it look like to others? It's a disassociated. That means it doesn't have the emotional involvement. You play it back like a DVD, and it gives you more information. Each one of these positions gives you more information. If you just stay in self, it's a very limited. You can only see so much through your own eyes. But when you step into someone else's map of reality, you don't have to agree with it, but just understand it. That creates an empathy and understanding. And it gives you more data. And then overview allows you to see what it looks like from people on the outside who didn't have any data, just saw the raw interaction. And all three of those give you more information. And it's about rapport. It's about connection. It's about making people feel like you care, that you're concerned, you're interested in understanding what they're going through. See, understanding people want to be understood because so many people feel they're misunderstood. That's why I come out to Blacktop. And what we do is we wash bikes and we do that. But what we do is we step into other people's map of reality. 
we seek to understand. We allow them the opportunity to share their pain and, uh, and their, their fears and doubts. And they've been running from them and seeking vices like drugs and alcohol and gangs. People want to belong to something. In LA Times, I read years ago that women in these female gangs, the way they get into these female gangs is they allow the male gang to gang rape them. I apologize, that's a little harsh, but it's reality. And see, when people aren't understood, when people don't feel like they belong, when people hurt, they do other things to include. And one thing I learned a long time ago, hurting people hurt people. And so I'm here in Sturgis because I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm seeking first those who hurt so I can help. And the question I'm posing to you, what are you seeking first? I'm black, and we'll be right back. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Freedom 1570 is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today, and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 730. Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. 
welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And we are live in Sturgis, South Dakota. And man, it just reminds me that hurting people hurt people. And there's a lot of broken people out there. And yesterday we had a little lull in the parking lot. And I said, I put my hands up. I prayed, God, bring me some broken people and some dirty bikes. See, we're all broken. And the ones that worry me the most is the people that think they're not broken. And that's the process. See, let that pain drive you. Pain is a great motivator. Neuroassociative conditioning tells us that there's two innate primary drivers. The avoidance of pain and the desire of pleasure. And you're either moving away from something or moving towards something. Here's the thing. What are you seeking first? Because a lot of people came to Sturgis not sure of what they were seeking. Maybe they're seeking a good time, uh, uh, maybe not a morally high good time, but a good time nonetheless with alcohol and drugs and naked women, all that stuff. Or maybe they were seeking just some fellowship. But you know, a lot of people came here and they didn't know why they came here. But I believe that God was pushing some buttons because God was telling them, you're seeking me. You've been filling it with drugs and alcohol and promiscuity and pornography. But really, I, you have a void in you that can only be filled by by him. I think it was comedian Robin Williams who declared, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. See, we must remember the power of one. One smile to a stranger can change their life. One compliment can improve someone's day. One real inquiry into how someone is doing can give them hope that someone actually cares. People need people. And they need people who will encourage them instead of destroy them. And one thing I've noticed in life, it's sometimes the saddest people who work the hardest to make other people happy, to make them laugh, because they need it. They desire it. Let's be honest, America's in chaos, the world's in chaos. If you read the book, you know why. It is written. It's exactly a falling apart, but it's falling into God's plan. He's had it written out for, for thousands of years. There's lots of chaos and strife. Again, as I said, it's a universal law. It's HR 101. Hurting people hurt people. We have the tendency to judge ourselves by our intent because we know our heart. But we judge others by our perception of their intent, what we believe they're doing based on our past, based on our trauma, based on our drama, based on who bullied us, based on who cheated on us, based on who was mean to us when we were in the fifth grade, based on that teacher that didn't like us. Or we're, we're conditioned creatures. We're prejudiced peoples. We prejudge all the time. Every single human being is prejudiced. See, if we would give people the same mercy, the same grace and understanding that we want from others, many of life's miscommunication would never happen. We got three hours of life, survival, right? We're living in survival because of regret, resistance, and resentment. That's the three hours of survival. Regret, resistance, and resentment. That's why I'm in Sturgis. Because I want to reach out to people who I never reach out to. I want to reach out to people who are different than me. So I can understand the world doesn't evolve around Scott Black. The world revolves around God and his kingdom. And that's why I start with my, mis my mission. You know, begin with the end of my seek first to accomplish this mission. So God's mission for the child of God named Scott V. Black it says, quote, I have this written out. It's all over so I can see it all the time. I am committed to dying daily to myself and my desires. 
I am a conduit of the Holy Spirit. It is not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I am the hands and feet of my Lord Jesus Christ. And daily, I put on his heart and I put on his mind. I am living the method to see a need and then meet a need. My mantra is to fulfill all the divine appointments that God has planned in advance for me and to live my life for my Lord and for others, being the best father, husband, leader, human, and child of God that I am created to be. I commit to do all these things daily until I can hear those words from the Bema Seat of Christ. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I am committed to do this with passion, heart, body, and soul to the glory of Yahweh. And so I want to share with you something that happened yesterday, why I come out to Sturgis, and why you got to pay attention. What are you seeking first? Because the good Lord put the eyes in the front of your face. Because you move in the direction of what you seek, your focus. And you focus in the direction of your movement. What's your life about? Is it just about you? Rule number one about being a leader is not about you. So yesterday, after the radio show, I went out to the parking lot. And I was, uh, felt good after the show. And I started riding this bike of this gentleman. His name was Rick Moses. And he, I started talking to him. And I just felt God was calling me to him. And he shared with me an incredible story about how he lost this, his he lost his dog, and I'm not downplaying his, his truck blew up. It just it's it's one of those country and western songs when you you know the epitome of a terrible country and western song. He lost this, lost that, killed this, died this, right, all that. And the guy wasn't feeling so I was just telling me a story. And then I started matching and modeling him. I got on my map reality and his map reality. I established rapport with him. Uh, when he would lean or put a hand in the pocket without him knowing it, I put the other hand in the pocket. If he was leaning backwards a little bit, I might lean forward a little bit. I was matching and modeling, pacing and leading. I was listening to the man's story. And I, I wanted to understand his pain. And as I understand, I did the three Fs. I understand how you feel. I felt this way, and here's what I found. And we had this connection because I consciously was doing it, and then it unconsciously kicked in. And, man, we, we probably talked for 30, 40 minutes. And then I said, man, it sounds like God's tapping on the shoulder. sounds like you were out here. He didn't have the money to get here. His daughter gave him a credit card. Her credit card wouldn't work. And then he lost the gas. He had to take He had a couple thousand cash, and he used half of his cash just to drive the, cause the fuel. Cause his he got all those reasons why everything was stopping him. And I asked him, Rick, so why do you think God brought you here? He said, I don't know. I don't know what I was even seeking. I just felt like I was supposed to come out here and everything was against me and yet I stayed focused and I came out here and then we started talking deep and got real and then I said this it sounds like God's been tapping on the shoulder it sounds like God's got your number and it sounds like God brought you out here to meet with him to take you off that wide path into a narrow path and as I'm saying, he's emotional and his head starts to shake as I'm shaking my head as a good salesman because I'm gaining agreement with him, right? That's all selling is. Selling is nothing more than gaining agreement with someone to buy your product, your service, your hand in marriage, your belief in God. That's why I teach agreement gaining skills. Go to likeitmatters.net because the most successful people in the world are the ones that are, can gain agreement. That's the key. And so I felt his heart. I heard his story. I sought first to understand and then be understood. And at the very end, I said, you know, would you like to pray, God? Is it, are you ready? Are you ready to walk with God? Are you ready to say, hey, God, take the wheels, that I want what you want for me. I want to be optimized. I want the optimal experience of my life. I want to live my life like it matters. And I can only do that by tapping into that source called my creator. 
And he said, yes, I'm ready to make that commitment. And then I said this, because I only knew his first name was Rick. I said, what's your last name, Rick? He said, Moses. And I started laughing. Your last name is Moses? <laughs> and you don't know you're a child of God? <laughs> and he laughed. And so then I, uh, I prayed him in the kingdom. We hugged two men at a, you know, with leather on and a bike rally. <laughs> and he took a picture in front of the flag. And uh, you see the picture. You can go to our website and see it. We're both glowing. And then the people I've met in the past, uh, David Atkins from Texas, uh, they came out and saw me again and wanted to take his picture with me and Michael. And I saw other people and was able to reach out and seek first to understand. And man, it's addictive. And even though being out in the sun for eight, nine hours, dehydrated, worn out, tired, around people I normally want to be around, man, I felt good. I knew I'd made a difference. I drove out to Sturgis because what I was seeking first was the glory of God. Because what I was seeking first is to live life, my life like it matters. Now, maybe you don't believe in God. Maybe you don't believe in a lot of things I talk about. So what? I'm not God. I, I, I'm not judging you. But it is appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. You will be judged. Either the white throne judgment of God or the beam of seat of Christ. But you will be judged. And so you got to focus, what, what's the most important thing in, to you? A lot of people came to Sturgis not sure what they were seeking. And then they go to freebikewash.org, and they come on our parking lot, and we love on them. We feed them. No strings attached. We give them some agape love. We tell them they matter. We understand their pain. We listen to their stories. And it opens their heart. It opens their mind. And it's a great doorway to say, are you ready to live your life optimally and to turn it over to the God of the universe, your daddy, your creator? Are you ready to leave the kingdom of darkness and enter the kingdom of life? Are you ready to be a prince or a princess? Because that's what a son or a daughter of a king is. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to believe like I believe. But I'm going to challenge you. Live your life like it matters. Know what you're seeking first. Begin with the end of mind. What's it going to look like, sound like, and feel like when it's all said and done? What do you need to experience for you to feel like your life had purpose and value and meaning? That's why I'm here in Sturgis. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I'm here to remind you that when you live your life like it matters, it does. every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. In just 10 minutes, I can zip through 10 stories that matter, 10 stories that help me start my day and help shape where I go with The Mike Gallagher Show. You and I know the mainstream media is filling the airwaves with a left-wing take on the news of the day. This is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. It's critical to find a news source that tells the truth. Well, that's Daybreak Insider. Daybreak Insider is that source. I get it in my mailbox every day. It helps shape the stories I bring to you. It's a look at today's most compelling stories, how they are covered by the media, and provides responses from key conservatives in media and politics. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily, and it's available to you at no cost. 
Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 